It is Tuesday, the 8th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, we are excited. We are getting very, very excited. The NRL starts this week. AFL starts next week. The footy is here. I am pumped, mate. I can't wait for Thursday night. I think it's Penrith takes on Manly out at Penrith, and uh, that'll be a huge match. And um, and for me, next Saturday, the 19th, the Swans take on GWS, and I'm going to be front and centre there, mate, to hopefully watch Buddy kick his 1,000th goal, mate. He's on 995, so um, but I'm getting pumped for the footy season. Yeah, it'll be an absolute cracker. We're going to talk footy in the show today. Also, Shane Warne's family talks out about their heartbreak. Sonny Gavaska says some very different kinds of things. It was really confusing. And Novak Djokovic, what about that text message? John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Shane, of course, uh, the news of Shane Warne's passing and and everything that has followed. Of course, he died overseas, so trying to get the body back to Australia and, and his family and his kids have now spoken out. It's very difficult to uh, read what they were saying. You, you feel for them, don't you? Yeah, I found it really tough to read, Timmy. It's really, really sad, mate. And um, yeah, so the autopsy has said that he died of natural causes, so um, that puts that to bed. But uh, just reading... Particularly the quotes from his son, Jackson, really hit home to me, saying he was the best father anyone could ever um, hope for. He said, sitting at the poker table, you know, walking around a golf course, um, watching the Saints or just having pizza will never be the same again. And and what made me, what made me really upset was uh, when his daughter, Summer, said she regrets not hugging him harder. Um, the last time that they saw each other. So that was really, really hard to read, mate. Yeah, absolutely. God rest his soul, the great man, Shane Warne. Uh, Sonny Gavaska, look, um, I like him. I've worked a lot with him. He was an extraordinary cricketer, but he does get it wrong sometimes. Uh, in an interview, I think it was with India today, there was him and Gideon Haig, who's the uh, senior writer for The Australian here, and uh, they asked, was Shane Warne the best bowler of all time? And look, I think, or spin bowler of all time, and I think that he could have answered it in a uh, more compassionate way than what he did um he he got there's there's times to say things and times not to say things 100 percent. it was really heartless the way he put it and um look that's his opinion he doesn't think warney was the greatest spinner of all time he was sort of saying that warney only took one five wicket haul in india i think warney is the greatest spinner of all time and um even though matai mulitharan took more wickets than him warney changed the game of cricket he he got more kids to come and watch the game of cricket, and he and he really um, uh, revived Test cricket. I thought um, when he came on the scene, and so it's, it's more than just the wickets. Uh, but to me, he was the greatest bowler, and um, and so be it. But yeah, it, did, it wasn't very very heartfelt the way Gavaska put it. No, and look, he looked at it 
through a very subcontinental lens, yep. didn't he, without looking at the global thing? And um, well, maybe he should look at his own test batting average when he didn't, didn't play in India because it wasn't as good overseas either. So uh, he always says he's one of the best. But um, anyway, it's uh, we don't want to get into a fight with that sort of stuff. But yeah, I just think when someone's just passed, there is times to, to go hard at someone and times maybe just to let things slide. Yeah, exactly. Almost say, you know, now's not the time to try and work out who was yep. the best bowler. This is a very different time. Yeah, exactly. But hindsight is twenty twenty vision. The Australian cricket team, well, they've batted well. When you look at, there's only been 11 wickets in four days of that test match. Steve Smith, uh, none of them got 100, interestingly. 97 to Kawaja, 90 to Labashane, 78 to Smith. They're still there and they're, uh, they're bearing down... Um, on their total. So yeah, the Aussies uh, finished the day's play. Day four at seven for 449, chasing 476 in the first innings. Um, this this match is heading for a draw. But as you said, yeah, um, Labashane 90, um, Kawaja 97, Warner 68, Smith 78 and Green 48. All could have went on and they'd all be sort of absolutely kicking themselves they haven't gone on and got a big score because when you get to that sort of number on a very, very flat wicket, you want to go on and make a couple of hundred, I, I would say. Yeah, exactly. A very flat wicket. So it doesn't look like there's going to be anything but a draw there. Now, stirring scenes in Beijing at the Paralympics. I love this. Ben Tudhope taking bronze, of course, uh, on his snowboard. Now, um, Ben, of course, has cerebral palsy and I have seen him speak. I've hosted some functions for Cerebral Palsy Alliance and CPEC. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before that my nephew, mm. 17-year-old nephew in Melbourne, Alexander, is profoundly affected by cerebral palsy. So to see a guy like Ben who has overcome the odds, has overcome his difficulties to be there at the Paralympics and standing on the podium, it was just fantastic. Wasn't it what? Ben Tudhope, uh, he won, so he won bronze. This is his third Olympics. So um, he's definitely not a quitter either. He's gone back and he's, he's tried. He got there. He made a beautiful, uh, and I'll, I'll quote him here, he said, if there's any kid out there with cerebral palsy, with a disability, you can achieve anything. So good on you, Ben, and uh, congratulations, mate, on your bronze medal. You've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. It was fantastic. And, um, yeah, if you dig deeper at the Penn Tudhope story, it's, a, it's an absolute cracker. Stay with us on Afternoon Sport. We have soccer, tennis, and more footy action. Novak Djokovic, what did you make of his text message, Shana? Well, he's he's reached out uh, to the Ukrainian um, tennis player, um, Sergei Stakhovsky, and um, he just said, if I could offer you any financial or any other help, um, I'm there for you, um, which is a nice thing to do. Um, and the Ukrainian posted this on the internet. He said, the Ukrainian had said he also reached out to Federer and Nadal, but heard nothing back from them. Um, but he understands if they don't want to stay, they want to stay out of this war. It's not their war to fight. And uh, yeah, it's it's a nice thing for Novak to do. Um, does it change anything that he did in Australia? Not really for me. But um, uh, it's a nice thing that he's reaching out to his fellow tennis players and in a, in a time of need, he's off to fight. The Ukrainian is now off to fight in the war himself. Um, so he's uh, yeah he's um, getting his. I'm assuming he's gun and he's and he's, and he's, he's off to fight fight the war, mate. Which is a would be a really really tough thing to do. 
Yeah, well, Novak Djokovic, he doesn't have to look far back into his own country's history to see a similar yep. kind of conflict. So I suppose it's very close to his heart. And uh, you, you just don't know, do you? You don't know really what's inside someone, um, despite the stories that you read about. So, look, that was a very uh, nice gesture from him. Now, NRLW, this was alarming, wasn't it? St. George Illawarra's Madison Bartlett sent to the judiciary on biting charges? I think... The, the one thing that happens in any, any sport, if someone bites someone, I think they should be uh, banned for life if pro- proven guilty. It's as simple as that. It's something you can avoid and uh, not a good thing mm, to do. Yeah, it was – yeah, anyway, we'll, we let, we'll let it play out at the judiciary. But, uh, yeah, biting is a bit like eye gouging. It does not fit, does it? Now, in the AFL, these uh, sunglasses <laughs> – I saw this story. and I shouldn't laugh, but it like sort of um, – <laughs> The old sunnies in the AFL, Mason Cox. Looks like your pair you get from the servo, doesn't it? But, uh, <laughs> look, I shouldn't laugh either. Mason, Mason Cox has had six uh, serious eye injuries throughout his career. Mm. He said he was going – he asked the AFL for approval, but he said he was going to wear them no matter what. Um, the AFL has then subsequently asked him to sign a waiver um, releasing them from all responsibilities in the future for any for any future eye injury. So he was disappointed with that, but that, I'm, sh- I'm assuming that's the world we live in these days. Yeah, and but more seriously on the front, you'd think you'd almost need a very modified version of something, wouldn't you? We've seen we've seen eyewear used before, but generally um, it was. You know, had the straps around the back. It's it's a difficult one. And um, look, that's career ending. Obviously, he's had lots mm. of problems. So, um, look, I hope they can come up with the right formula for him. Ben Simmons, uh, we hope that he can come up with the right formula to get back playing basketball. But Paddy Mills and others are saying he's he's not quite ready yet. No, he's not quite ready yet. And Paddy Mills is spending seems to be spending a lot of time with him, getting him right. Mm. Um, I really hope this doesn't affect Paddy Mills too much. Paddy Mills only scored three points last game, um, and he's having a bump of season. So I hope not too much of his energy is going into Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is a professional basketballer himself. And he's got to work his own thing out. But, uh, yeah, he's obviously spending a lot of time with him. Yeah, uh, and look, we know how talented he is. And uh, uh, I've seen enough of Paddy Mills to think if there's a guy that can actually turn it around for someone else and help them uh, to see the light, it would be a guy like him. Now, Manchester United, talking about not seeing the light, this mighty club, uh, they've been smashed by their supporters. They have, mate. Uh, they've gone down 4-1 in the local derby to Man City. And uh, Schmeichel, the, the, the former goalkeeper, has come out and just said that um, he thought that Rennick, the um, the coach, may have changed things at half time or even gave him a bit of a rev up. And he said they just came out second half and they're even worse. So, yeah, just a really, really poor performance from a club that's loved around the world, has so many supporters, and they expect such high um, standards and they're not producing. Meanwhile, Ange Postacoglu just keeps kicking goals. I, I, I love him for what he is. I love him because he is he's completely unapologetic for who he is, how he coaches, um, and he's had critics over the course of time through his role as a national coach here in Australia. He's gone over there to Scotland, and it's been revolutionary for that footy club. Um, they're calling it Ange Ball. He just continues to rock on down the road. A 3-1 win over Livingston. Yeah, 3 win, and it's still three points clear in yep. on the table, mate. And um, I, I just feel that Ange um, has a real belief in himself now as well not that he didn't have that before 
But this has sort of like been the um, a time for him where I, I think he really, really now believes in his own methods and his own coaching style um, and his own abilities. And uh, I, I think he's just going to go from strength to strength following his tenure um, at Celtic. What about in Mexico? From a very positive story to a uh, an ugly story, and we see this in the world game, don't we? Aggression, fighting, um, uh, Querétaro and Atlas in the Mexican league. At least twenty six injured when this brawl erupted. It's horrible news, Timmy. And um, we used to see this a lot in the UK, and particularly at um, football matches over there. But uh, yeah, haven't seen like a full on brawl for some time at a soccer match, and uh, twenty six people seriously injured here. Uh, it's just got to stop. It's it's a game of football. Yeah, it gets ridiculous, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Now, uh, changing to motorsport, and uh, it's great to see this next generation of famous families doing well. And I know that uh, Mick Doohan's son, Jack, doing well overseas in Europe. And then we look at the, the Moto uh, GPs and Remy Gardner, again, um, doing well, Wayne Gardner's son. But Jack Miller has struggled. Jack Miller, yeah, he uh, retired six laps in, in, in the wet. Um, but as you mentioned, Remy Gardner scored his first ever MotoGP points, um, so which is a huge moment for him. Um, so he's really arrived now onto the circuit and uh, he'll go from strength to strength as well. Um, look, uh, talking about the wet, we have seen unprecedented <laughs> conditions right up and down the eastern seaboard. And with that has come cancellations of sport and everything else. So, look, I think households are all a little bit on edge at the moment because no one's out there and the kids aren't out there sort of running around doing what they should be doing, playing sport and exercise. But as a kid, I remember... I don't know whether we played in conditions quite like this because it's been off its head, but um, the old slipping and sliding in the backyard in Shackle Avenue, Guildford, with uh, you know we were five boys and one girl. It was quite quite an affair, as I'm sure it was down in Oak Flats, mate. It was, and uh, it just it just reminded me that uh, my son Thomas, who you know on the weekend, it's hard for him to get out and run around and burn up some energy, being a seven year old. But um, I just took me back to growing up in Oak Flats with my brother, Brett and Grant. And um, when the footy season started, we'd, we'd all go out the backyard. We had a fibro garage that sort of was down the sideline of our footy pitch in the backyard. I was Phil Blake at the time. Phil Brett Blake. was Brett Kenny. <laughs> Brett was Brett Kenny. And Grant was Rod Wishart. Um, and we had appropriate jerseys. And I remember we were diving and sliding and destroying Dad's, <laughs> Dad's grass and lawn at the back. But as Brett tried to take me on down the sideline near the Fibro Garage, well, Phil Blake, a.k.a. Shane Lee, <laughs> just drove Brett straight through it, put him straight through the garage garage wall. So, uh, yeah, that was the end of that footy match, and Dad wasn't very happy with uh, us destroying his garage. No, I'm sure that you got quite a look. <laughs> I, uh, I I used to love all the rules because we'd have the sand pit up one end and then the rotary line down the other and the plum tree in the middle. So you'd have a, a try line in the sand pit, a, a try line on the rotary line, and you had to kick between the tree, the plum <laughs> Plum tree, which is no longer there in mum and dad's backyard. But, uh, oh, yeah, great memories. I just hope it was Fibro, not asbestos. <laughs> now I look back at it. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our sponsors are Brian Beer, the beer that loves you back, Timmy. Oh, absolutely lovely. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.